Welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. Today, we are talking about tools to magnify worthiness. And I have a fabulous guest, Chris Hawker, with me. I want to start with some questions. Am I worthy of love? Am I worthy of good things? Am I worthy of success? I have a couple family members who have recently discussed with me feelings of unworthiness because of religious or cultural messages that they were raised with. And it's also come up as a topic in multiple groups recently, so it was kind of on my radar. So when Chris Hawker, who is the co-founder of Next Level Trainings, recently was featured on the Spirit River Coaching Summit, speaking on this topic of are you worthy enough to love yourself, tools to magnify worthiness and move you forward, I reached out to him right away to see if he'd talk to us about this universal struggle, the struggle to feel like we are worthy of all the good stuff. So stay tuned for our talk about how to embrace our worthiness, and he might even give us some tools to help us to do that. Stories are our lives in language. Welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. I'm Lori Lee. And I'm excited for our future together of telling stories, evaluating our own stories, and lifting ourselves and others to greater places because of our control over our stories. This podcast is about empowerment and giving you, the listener, ideas to work with in making your stories work for you. Story power serves you best when you know how to use it. I believe in light and I believe in darkness. I believe in good and in evil. And I believe in these things because I've experienced what it's like to sit in love and light. And I've experienced what it's like to feel fear and shame and the hell that that brings. I believe in God and light and love and in Satan who seeks to keep us small and miserable, filled with self-loathing and self-rejection. and. As I've watched people and I've done interviews and I've read transformational biographical stories of the human struggle, and I've taken note of the predominant struggles of humankind, I've come to the conclusion that feeling unworthy is one of the greatest tools that separates us from light and love. Feelings of self-loathing or self-doubt are amplified, frankly, by our natural negativity bias. The devil on our shoulders seems to always be ready to cut us to the quick ready to make us doubt ourselves and our worthiness for good things, for love, for success, for all the all the yummies. Basic life struggles are instantly met with the idea that we are not enough, whether it's an imposter syndrome or just self-doubt. Well, and they're both very similar. <laughs> the reason this tool is so powerful in stopping us is that when we buy into the belief that we are unworthy, we will play small. We won't share our talents with the world, which rips everybody off. It rips us off. It rips off the world. And we just kind of slink around in the shadows, living well below what we're capable of. And I suspect that one of the biggest battles we will ever engage in during our lives is the fight within our own minds to accept our brilliance, to accept our worthiness, our potential, and our beauty as humans. So this is why I'm so pleased to talk to Chris today. Let me introduce him. He is a transformational leadership trainer. He's an inventor and he's a professional speaker. And he has trained teams at organizations like Duracell and McDonald's. He coaches leaders in living vision-driven lives. Um, he was actually a coach of mine at one point. 
His award-winning inventions have received over 40 patents, and his work has been featured in USA Today and the New York Times and Wall Street Journal. He's got some really great stuff going on. He's the co-founder of Next Level Trainings, which has trained thousands of individuals, and they've raised over $4 million in charitable donations. So, Chris, welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. Thank you, Laurie. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. It's fun to be here, yeah. <laughs> it's fun to have you here. Hey, let's start with your story. What has been your path to full acceptance of your self-worth? Got it. Great question. Um, Because it wasn't always that way. And like, you know, many people growing up, I grew up with a lot of insecurities based on the traumas of my childhood. So everyone's got their sort of victim story. And uh, mine is that I grew up with a speech impediment. So I had a very loving family. I grew up, I was very fortunate uh, in where I, you know, the family that I was born into, incredible parents. I have an older brother who was just an amazing friend and uh, always, um, but I had a speech impediment. And so as a result of having a speech impediment, I got made fun of as a kid, right? Like when I was in school, other kids are cruel. They're not real uh, understanding and I was different. And so they poked fun at me, made fun of me, you know, copying my impediment or whatever. Sure. Lots of people can relate with that. Yeah. And, and, it, and I, and I took it to heart. I, I believed them, you know, I, instead of like disbelieving them, it like, it wounded me deeply. I was like, Oh, I'm something's wrong with me. I'm, you know, something's broken in me. I can't talk properly. And as a result of this, um, I'm unlovable is the story made up. In fact, like I remember as a little kid, I had a personal mantra, which is like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> What's wrong with you? Why can't you talk right? And I would chant this to myself in my head as I laid in bed to put myself to sleep really Aww. like yeah and I was like I'm so, so sad I was so uh and I was so sad you know even though I had yeah. thank god I had such an incredibly beautiful environment like I had such great parents and 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 I had health and you know there are a lot of positive things in my life because it could have been you know even worse but I put myself through my own little personal hell as I would lay there in bed fighting back tears because also boys weren't supposed to cry and so like mm-hmm. I had all this pent up shame about who I was and, and was convinced as a fact that something was wrong with me. And so I kind of, my, my journey was, and so I set out to prove that I was lovable. And the way I was going to prove that I'd learned early on, well, if I did something, if I created an accomplishment, if I got an A in a class, I would get some praise from my parents and that would make me feel better. Or if I got any kind of achievement and then I got praise and that would like ease the pain in my heart. And so I discovered I could get a temporary reprieve from my internal pain by accomplishing something. And so I set out on this sort of mission to accomplish things. And in school, it was grades and and I focused on the things I was good at. So there were some positive outcomes to this, actually. Like, it's not always all negative. Sometimes in the pursuit of proving our worthiness, we, you know, we might do great things. And oftentimes people do, but at the same time, it wasn't providing me any satisfaction. So I was getting good grades. I was you know, achieving, you know, good things in school. I was a great artist and I focused on that. And, uh, but regardless of what I accomplished, as soon as that would fade, then I would, you know, there would be a moment of feeling better, but then I'd have to do something else. And if I ever failed at anything or anything didn't go well, I'd be destroyed because, oh my God, how can my parents still love me? I got a B on the test. And like this, the slightest differentiation off of perfect, when I was imperfect and if I was imperfect, then they may not love me. So to the, even to the extent I felt good, it was such a fragile 
Good. Well, the yeah. accomplishment was a band-aid. It wasn't it wasn't solving the underneath issue of the the feelings of, of unworthiness. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. What happened? How did you find your way to real self-worth? Yeah, so I, I went this whole way throughout like my entire life, right? The good news is I got very good at accomplishing, right? It drove me to really push myself. And so I did really well in school and then I did well. And, you know, as I entered into professional life, I had early success. As you mentioned, I'm an inventor and I uh, became a professional inventor, like selling my ideas. When I was 16 years old, I started. And by the time I graduated from college, I was making enough money from my inventions that I never had to go like get a job. Right. I was able to. That's live. amazing. Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. It was a spe- I got a degree in uh, comparative religion. And so the job opportunities were not like, and there wasn't like a lot of like, hey, you know, um, though people like, what does that have to do with what you do today? And, and it was actually an incredibly valuable and incredibly valuable degree. First of all, I had an incredible mentor named Lindsay Jones, who was just a brilliant mind and uh, taught me how to think really rigorously about all kinds of things, and not just religion, but we studied like all the world religions and compared and contrasted different aspects. And it was extremely Super fascinating. interesting. Yeah. Oh my human beings are extremely <laughs> interesting and diverse. And that was like my, my passion was less for religion per se than it was for humans and just how wild variety that there are. But that was the area where like the most interesting behaviors and, and aspects to me showed up more so than like economics or sociology. Like I was sure. just fascinated with yeah. what drove people. And, I can uh, see that. Yeah. And, and, you know, I learned to put myself and see in someone else's shoes and like really try to see the world through someone's eyes, not as myself, but as they would. And that was the skill that actually serves being an inventor. It serves being a trainer and a coach to like experience the world as someone else would instead of interpreting them through the lens of your own eyes. So regardless, I, I was having a lot of success as an inventor and uh, selling my products. And we're talking about, so people know, like, what do I mean? I invent like consumer products. I was showing you a little earlier, my onion goggles, which are uh, glasses that you put on to protect your eyes from onion fumes. So you don't cry when you chop onions, which are a silly little idea that sold 2 million uh, pair over. Yeah, that I could have used numerous times this week. (laughs) I'll have to give me a pair. (laughs) Especially now, Thanksgiving. So, you know, simple problem solvers, but that sold well. And the th- funny thing is I had a lot of success and no matter how much I succeeded, I still felt like a failure. It was never enough. No matter what I, what box I checked off, I still inside felt like a, an imposter and a failure because I had this deep seated belief that something was wrong with me that had never gotten erased. I just like piled layer after layer of bandage on top of this thing. But it's a funny thing that happened. I, you know, I got married to, you know, the woman of my dreams, we had a beautiful child, we had a beautiful home, I had this cool business going on. Uh, But then my business hit a bit of a a rough spell, you know, things, there was, you know, some challenge in, in the world, the uh, 2008 financial uh, crisis, when the housing market collapsed. Sure. And um, my business like took instantly, like took a nosedive. But it wasn't just that the business was struggling, like I felt like I was failing. Right. And I had like a real crisis because my business was struggling and I was struggling in it. And so my automatic belief without trying to I wasn't trying to think this it just occurred to me as math. My business is failing. Therefore, I am no longer lovable. How is it even possible for my parents to still love me? 
How is it even possible for my wife to still, how can she love me? I'm not able to do what my purpose is, which is to prove that I'm valuable by bringing home the bacon, so to speak. And so it started to create real problems in my marriage and in my, at a really deep level in my heart, as I was like, not only uh, struggling with the business, but I started to feel like my whole life was collapsing because I was losing the love of the people around me, even though none of them ever said anything to that yeah. extent. It was like none whole... of them knew you were losing their love. That was right. all your created reality. But in my mind, my, my self-worth was equal to my net worth. How did you get out of that? You and I met through the tra uh, training that, you know, I, I got into because originally I was a student of that training, which is an emotional intelligence training. And in that training, first of all, I didn't realize I had such low self-worth, right? I was operating kind of as in a lie about like, oh, whenever I would ask, my, you know, someone would ask me something like, how are you about things like that? I would list off my accomplishments. Well, I feel I'm, I have tons of confidence. I feel great about myself. I did this and I did this and I did this. And I would make up this thing, ignoring actually how I felt in my heart. And I had mistaken kind of like this litany of accomplishments with feeling good about myself because I divorced and, and I was so out of touch with my actual emotions because also like going back to the boys don't cry thing, I had like been ashamed about my emotions, which was part of my self-worth conversation. It was like, something's wrong with me. I shouldn't have feelings like this. Like it's, you know, I shouldn't be compelled to have these big feelings. And, and the thing was, I was like actually a huge feeling type of person. Like I'm, I got big, big feels. I got a lot of joy, but I'm also like very sensitive. And Which is I, such a beautiful thing to know about yourself and just to be able to embrace it. So it's wonderful that you got from there to here. Right. Well, I, I thought that was what was wrong with me was how sensitive I was. But in mm. this training, which is an emotional intelligence training, it's like an opportunity to really like take a step back and really get honest with yourself. And so in that training, first of all, I just had the ability to really acknowledge to myself and see for the first hand that my feelings weren't what was wrong with me. They were my superpower. And actually what it used to scare people away when I was a little kid and they're like, it's too much, it's too big. As an adult, it was like, people found it beautiful. I just never knew that before. Cause I'd never let it out. I'd like shut it all down. And so I'd become this very heady, very short tempered, very angry person. And I had all this because I'd never let any of the pain out, never expressed it or talked about it. I was like a, a, a pressure pot. You know, and like every once in a while, something poked me and the lid lifted up a little, it would explode out. And then I would like shame myself with my behavior as well, which further mm -hmm. degraded my self-worth. And so in this training, I also uh, finally had the opportunity and I'd done a lot of work before. Like I'd been to a lot of seminars and a lot of self-development trainings because I was looking for something because despite all this success, I still felt like a failure and and still felt unhappy and sad. And so next level is very unique in the success that it can bring about. And as we work through these things, I had been to many things too, but next level was so powerful for me. It really pushed me past those blocks so that I can move forward. So I'm totally on board with what you're saying. I understand. It's like a no kid gloves approach, which you have to be ready for, but I was ready. I was like, mm -hmm. pardon the graphic nature, but I was like a pimple that was ready to pop, right? I was like, <laughs> I had so much pent up sadness and things that just needed to come out that in the process of 
the training, I, I finally gave myself permission to be me for just like one second. In the instant, I gave myself that permission. There was so much backed up demand for tears that it, like it all came out in kind of one powerful cathartic moment uh, that stretched out for probably, I don't know, 15 minutes. <laughs> I don't know where I allowed myself honestly to cry for the first time in my entire life since I was like a little kid where I didn't fight back the tears and stuff it as quickly as I could. And I just cried until there were no more tears left in me. And at the end of that, I felt so much better. And I felt so much better about myself as I sort of in that moment sort of realized how much of my torment was caused just by trapped emotions that were just trapped in my body that I wasn't letting out and, and feeding those thoughts that had been haunting me for years. And at some level, the refrain from my childhood was still playing in my head, even though I was 39 years old. So was the success of letting yourself be you fully, like just that little bit, you're, you're just beginning to step into it, but the allowance of you accepting you, was that enough to sort of wipe away and to have a clearer understanding of self-worth? Like, was that enough to do it? Yeah. I mean, right there, that started the process. And without that, nothing else matters. You know, and we talked about like some tools for it. So like, what have I learned then and subsequently about like what was missing and what was gained? And first of all, you got to accept yourself as you are, right? So, so much of our unworthiness comes from feeling like we need to be something that other than what we are. And if we achieve that, then we can accept ourselves. Then we can love ourselves instead of like, just like accepting who we are and settling for that. And someone said something to me once, which was super counterintuitive and I struggled with it for a long time until I got it in an instant. And this was one of my mentors, Krista Petty Raymer. And she said, fall in love with being average, Chris. And I was like, I'm an overachiever, right? Like I'm like, that's the opposite <laughs> of what I've ever done. She said, you got to fall in love with being average. And so I struggled with that for a long time when, when I suddenly got it, which is like, oh, like you're always having to compare yourself to other people and like see yourself as like better than or like above because you've like achieved something. And so you're deriving your self-worth from this comparison constantly instead of just accepting yourself and like falling in love with whoever you are, however you are. Mm. And it's not that anyone's not extraordinary. Everyone's extraordinary, but you don't have to be better than anyone else. I like that. Fall in love with whoever you are however you are and that's great and there's ways in which every single person is amazing a genius so and people are radically more it's powerful true. Than they realize but the thing that holds them back is that they're like judging themselves for not being something and so they but they've never even allowed themselves to just be what they are so and would you, you say that's what self-worth is is an acceptance of the uniqueness and individuality of whoever you are however you are yeah, because self-worth is love, you know, part of it for sure is loving yourself. For sure. You know, I, I yeah. feel worthy because I feel like I'm lovable. I feel like I'm valuable. But if you only feel like you're valuable based on some inauthentic expression of who you are, then even if someone is giving you love, you won't experience it because they're loving that projection. It's it's actually a manipulation and a lie. We're saying, don't love me, love this thing that I'm putting out there that's better than me. Right. Well, I have to say the whole the whole premise with Love Your Story is this, is when you learn to accept your entire messy 
past, right? All of the things that felt shameful or or messy or disappointing or whatever that whole thing was, when you can love that past and see where it's brought you, see what the gifts that it gives you, then you are to a place where you can start to embrace yourself fully with self-love because you're accepting yourself. You're accepting the whole big, messy package. So I think that love your story and this idea of self-worth are very closely tied. Absolutely. And and also relate to that step two. So step one in my little process, how do you develop self-worth? First of all, fall in love with yourself. Just like allow yourself to appreciate yourself the way you are. Notice all the wonderful things about yourself and, and spend some time admiring them. This isn't arrogance. This is like your one and only life. You're with you for, you know, this whole life or, you know, eternity, however you want to think about it. So you might as well like start falling in love with yourself now, noticing those things about yourself that are magical and special. And it's okay that you're not all the things because then you can let all, some of those other things be for other people to be their magic. Absolutely. And, then, and you know what else I think if I can just add this to what yeah, you're saying please. is that sometimes we are critiqued or feel like we're critiqued or you know we consistently get negative feedback about something about how we do things and so that becomes something we consider a weakness or something that's wrong with us and i think the reality is is that we all come with a set of strengths and weaknesses that we need to do whatever we are here to do so sometimes um if you're a little stronger a little pushier you kind of get some bad feedback about that you know what that doesn't necessarily mean it's it's a bad thing. You don't need to feel badly about that. I think the embracing of who you are fully is also the embracing of things that sometimes rub some people the wrong way because you're who you are to do what you need to do. Exactly. And then part two is then because of those areas where we do have shortcomings or do have challenges, forgive yourself. Mm. Like fall in love with yourself for your strength and forgive yourself for your failings and this doesn't and forgive yourself for your screw-ups doesn't mean that it was okay it doesn't mean that you i don't have regrets you know which is to say oh i i'll do that differently next time but i would say uh give yourself infinite grace give yourself zero crap i i give myself no hard time that doesn't mean i don't look at things sometimes like oh i got to do better there's a there's a higher possibility for how i handled that situation or how i'm handling this situation or who i'm being or this or that i see those things but i'm not like and you're a bad person for not already being better there's a quote from maya angelo that i like that goes along with this she said quote i learned a long time ago the wisest thing i can do is be on my own side unquote Perfect. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. How cool is that, right? And so you got to be your own biggest fan and and forgive yourself for your scrubs. And I forgive myself completely immediately. I'm like, oh man, <laughs> whew, really screwed that one. Okay, next one. You know, it's like it's okay. <laughs> because if you beat yourself up, right? If you're like, oh, I feel so bad, I'm a piece of crap, I don't deserve happiness, which is where a lot of people go for their past. Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah. They, you know, and I and I've got things from my past that I like really regret. I'm like, which is to say, I really wish it hadn't gone that way. It was not my intention to hurt someone, but they got hurt. And, you know, and they don't forgive me. But I, you know, but I can't do anything about that. But I can forgive myself and commit to doing better next time. Right. and learn from it So I don't repeat the same thing. But a lower energy can never raise you to a higher energy. So guilt can never cause you to become more positive. It never works. It's, it's an, a very ineffective tool for motivating yourself to change. That is a great, great point. Is there a step three? Yeah, step three is you just got to choose to believe 
and your worthiness. You matter exactly as much as you say so. So that like their self-worth, so far we've been talking about how to eliminate kind of unworthiness, this feeling like of self-loathing or, or disregard or disrespecting yourself, right? But there's a much higher possibility is also to feel like that you're worthy of it all, to feel mm. that you matter, to feel like you make a difference. And oh, there was one time I met this gentleman, his, his name's Tim Story. He's a, he's a fairly famous uh, preacher guy, influencer too, a guy who I saw speak at a conference. And I got to meet him afterwards. And before I met him, he like walked by me and he put his hand on my shoulder. And it was so amazing. I could feel his self-worth radiating out of him through his hand. And just like, he knew that his touch mattered, right? He knew <laughs> that his message mattered. He knew that he was a person of, of significance. And in that moment, I had like a little breakthrough in my own awareness of like, oh, it's like, who, who gave him that? was, you know, who who taught him that? Who told him he was so valuable? Who, you know, uh, anointed him? And the answer is no one, he, he anointed himself. He chose to believe that he mattered and that he was worthy and that his message needed to be heard. And in that same moment, then I, I picked that up. I was like, oh, I, you matter exactly as much as you say so. If you wanna be someone who changes the world, it can't start from a place of unworthiness. It starts from like, oh, I deserve to change the world. I'm a person who has great ideas. I'm the person, I'm a person who's worth listening to. Like you started this podcast and to have a podcast and to have your voice be heard says is that I have a, a message and I have a story or I have a, a conversation that the world needs to hear. And so to even step up in any way, takes a certain level of self-worth and so you've got to believe that and no one gives you permission. If you're waiting for someone to say, you know what? I give you permission to now go use your voice. You have an important message. The vast majority of people lacking self-worth would be like, oh, you're saying that, but I don't actually have it. Who do you think you are to tell me I'm worthy of having my message be heard? And it's their lack of belief in that that stops them. Whereas that very same person could like step into it and start saying stuff. Right. And, and if you talk, people will listen it's not like maybe people will listen you will always find an audience for your message if you have something to say because the vast majority of people are listeners they're not speakers they're looking for something to listen to and if you've got a message of any kind you don't even actually have to have a message there are a lot of people with no message they're just talking and people are listening because they're not talking themselves they're waiting to be told and so if oh, you and i don't even think you have to necessarily like, I don't think it's about self-worth is making sure that everybody has a message to go out and speak, right? Just knowing, though, that what you, who you are in your fullness and your totality is worthy of standing tall, is worthy of making choices, is worthy of success and love and that you're lovable in, in all of your wholeness is, that's the, that's the deep sense of just peaceful being, don't you think? 100%. And that reminds me of like one other story from that experience, that training that I, that I went to, which was that in the training, right? There's a moment where I was having a big emotional experience. And then, you know, someone gave me a hug and I gave them a hug, right? We, we had a, we shared a hug and I had literally not met the person before that moment. I, we met in the hug and, um, and I felt myself healed, right? Like wow. I felt like it was like, you know, not, it was just a moment that was really you know, soothing to my heart and made me feel so much better. And like, God, that it did the same thing for them. 
And in that same moment, what I got is that, oh, I didn't, this person didn't know a th- single thing about me. They didn't even know my name. Mm. They didn't know what I had or had not accomplished. They didn't know how much money I did or didn't have in the bank. They didn't know whether I was successful or not or anything. But just by being there in that moment for them, I was able to make a huge difference for them. And they made a huge difference for me. That's and that, beautiful. I got that everyone was like that. And so my message to you listeners is it doesn't matter who it is. It could be the uh, the president of the United States, the, the queen of England, the pope, a billionaire. Your hug could make their day, could lift up their spirits and help them feel whole. And so like your worthiness is innate, right? We have so much value in us without anything we've ever done. And that is our birthright. And if you are clear about that, that that's not something you have to earn, and then you just choose it. And if you choose that you matter, and you truly believe that you matter, then you'll act like a person who matters acts. I really love that you're that you're bringing that that it's a birthright. We don't have to do things to earn it. And that is that is really crucial because it's also very counterintuitive. But to get that that it's innate. That's a that's a big point. It's innate and you have to choose it though. It's yeah. not innate and you can't help but embrace it. It's right. innate given it's there. Just like health, you know, is innate to, to people for the vast majority of people born without, you know, congenital issues, but it's it's available to us, but most people don't grab it. Mm. Happiness is available to us, but most people aren't willing to do the work to grab it. You know, happiness is optional, right? It's our interesting. That's it's our interesting. birthright, but it's not <laughs> our birth guarantee. You know, you have it and and same with worthiness. But if you're willing to do the work to eliminate unworthiness by really taking the time to fall in love with yourself, to fall in love mm-hmm. with your story, to forgive mm-hmm. yourself for your, you know, your misses, to forgive yourself for the ways in which you're imperfect, then eliminating the, the thing that's, you know, holding you back from feeling worthy. The only thing left is to then choose it and then start acting as, as though it were true. And when you act that way, you start doing big things. You start like opening up and showing up and being big and not being afraid or ashamed or playing small. And that makes all the difference in how a life unfolds, all the difference in your experience. And inspires the people around you. Because Amen. when people see people acting with worthiness, not, not out of cockiness or arrogance, like showboating or trying to prove something, but just like someone who's truly just being themselves and, and being themselves bigly. It inspires the people around them like, oh, wow, this person's like amazing, not because they're like so smooth or polished, but because they're so unapologetically them. And Mm. that version of you is always the most beautiful, powerful, successful, effective, lovable version of you. And if you stop, take a moment and just trust it for one moment and stop trying to manipulate people into like you and like see what happens when you put all your cards on the table and let your your authenticity out and just like say what you truly think, feel and express what you truly feel. You'll find that it's not what you feared. In fact, it's the opposite. People will then finally truly love you because until then they can't, they can only see what you're presenting. So, um, and then in that space, then life, has a whole different color to it, right? And, and a whole different experience. And so I wish that for everyone that they uh, find their authentic self and let it out and uh, experience the life of worthiness and, and impact that that follows. Me too, Chris. Thank you so much for all of this wisdom and reminder and and also I would say call to action. 
You know, that allowing of yourself, the embracing of yourself, the stepping into it, the reminder of how to do it. Thank you for being here today. Do you have any final words? Uh, Thank you for the opportunity to come on here and share these thoughts and have this conversation. Uh, You know, thank you for listeners for sharing your priceless life, a few minutes of your time with me to, to, to listen to me. Like I value every second of my life and you should too, because it's your one and only don't, don't waste it. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for being here. All right. I love you all. Take care. Bye-bye. In my heart of hearts, I feel a deep sadness at how we all, me included, so often sell ourselves short. I think that we live well below our possibilities and privileges a great deal of the time. And I hope that in some small way, this episode today can start to shift that a little bit for everyone who hears it. Roy T. Bennett said, quote, if you want to fly, you have to give up what weighs you down, unquote. Just think about that. What is it in your life, in your mindset that weighs you down? And I know you're going to think that those things that you've been saying in your mind, that all those unworthiness reels that have been playing, I know that you believe that they are fact. But anything that defers you from your inherent worthiness of goodness, of light, of success and love and all the good things is not accurate. That's the thing weighing you down. That's the thing you need to let go of. We are all so worthy of really good things. We are souls with so much potential. And at the end of our lives, wouldn't it be just the saddest part to look back and realize that we could have done or created or experienced or felt so much more and so much bigger if only we had shook off the heaviness of self-doubt, that we could have experienced just a different life if we had believed in ourselves. So the work that Chris and I talked about today, the things he shared with us, those beautiful steps that can be taken to embrace ourselves, to love who we are fully, to live into it, and to just so securely come from a place of exactly who you are and exactly what you have to give the world in all your fabulous worthiness. Your challenge this week is to think about something, some place, some unworthy feeling that you have just to identify it and then choose something that Chris has said today, those steps that he gave us and actively start healing that erroneous thought. Nothing changes unless we take action. Sometimes those feelings of unworthiness are easily untethered. We could seek for clarity and meditation and prayer. We can find our own path to healing them. And sometimes it's a little tougher. Sometimes we need coaches or like Chris and I both did the next level emotional intelligence training. Whatever it is, start meditating and praying about what it looks like for you to start that path to healing, start that path of complete and utter self-acceptance. Thank you for being here today. And thanks to all of you who are leaving reviews. I so appreciate that. Here's a quick share for you. Thanks to Della28 from the United States. He or she said, Uplifting and Real. That's the title of this review. The story shared here and the perspectives of owning our own story is so powerful. 
Thank you, Lori, for creating a beautiful platform where we can all learn to embrace the ups and downs of our own stories with grace and gratitude. Absolutely, Delid28. And thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for taking the time to share. I hope the rest of you will um, take a minute to share your reviews, the things that you're really liking and that are working for you. Have a great couple of weeks creating your life on purpose, and we will see you in two weeks back here. Mm -hmm.